Hi everyone, really hope you're enjoying the podcast. This episode is brought to you by Invisalign Clear Aligners. Do it for you and do it right. This sounds like a motto all of us goalkeepers know a lot about. I'm over halfway through my Invisalign journey and I've always been a bit self-conscious about my smile. I got a personalised treatment plan from a trusted doctor. And the peace of mind knowing that Invisalign aligners are based on years of research and experience from millions of patients worldwide. But the improvements have been so much quicker than I could have imagined. I'm seeing my smile change weekly like the Premier League table. Doing it right involves choosing the world's most advanced clear aligner system. The number one doctor recommended clear aligner brand trusted by 16 million people worldwide. Do it for you. Straightening your teeth with the Invisalign treatment means investing in yourself. Hand in hand or glove in glove, you get the expertise of an Invisalign provider. Now let's dive back into the podcast. This week is going to be a proper Glove Fest episode. I've actually got the founder of Glove Glue today, Paul Sherrett. Welcome. People talk about sliding doors moments and um, light bulb moments. And actually, it happened to me. I just said, imagine if there was a product, something that you could apply to your gloves to make them grippy. Nobody remembers the, sadly, nobody remembers the save. No, they, they remember do. the goal. I wasn't sure whether Glove Glue as a brand was right to have on goalkeeping gloves, so we launched as GG Lab, actually. Your brand carries alongside a Nike, an Addy, a, a Roy. There's no reason why we couldn't carry a glove range from them. So this, I've got to admit, this is the part of the <laughs> uh, pod that scares me the most. So heads... Is, it's up to you. is a keeper, That's... Tails is not, okay? okay? One huge problem. Highly flammable. What a save from Mark Howard. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Yours Mine Away podcast with me, Mark Howard. This week is going to be a proper glove fest episode. Make sure you're sat in your chair nice and comfy, whatever you're doing, driving or whatever with your kids and that. Make sure you listen to this because this is very important information about gloves. I've actually got the founder of Glove Glue today, Paul Sherrett, welcome. Thanks, Mark. Good to be here. No, thank you very much. We've obviously already had like some really good behind-the-scenes chat about just glove care, uh, and glove care is so important to what you do and the brand. It's fit. It's it's key. It's fundamental. I mean, that's where we've come from. We've we've created a product initially to make your gloves grippy, and it's expanded into a whole range of goalkeeping glove care products. And and as you say, it's it's absolutely key to make your gloves last longer and perform better. Yep. Uh, obviously, I want to mention as well, you've got a, a huge YouTube following. Uh, you've got a big social media presence as well. And obviously, you've done your own podcasting as well. And it's obviously the the brand is uh, growing all the time. You've got the Nationals Academy. So it is a brand that is constantly on the move. Is it something that's difficult to keep moving forward? Or is it you're, you're just enjoying where it's going? Loving where it's going. Um a lot of people probably don't realise, so the brand started as, as a side gig back in 2012. And at the time, I was actually, um, had a business that was representing lots of other brands, and one of my core clients was, was Ulsport. So between 2008 and 2020, I really got to know the goalkeeping market through Ulsport in particular. And uh, so that, that, I, that, that seed of an idea is whatever, 11, 12 years ago. It's really in the last three years that we've seen really, really aggressive global growth. Yep. Um, and that's driven by a number of factors. So you mentioned socials. Yeah, socials is really important for us. We're 58,000, 60,000 TikTok followers, 170,000 YouTube, getting on for 50,000 Insta. So that Incredible. whole 
community has massively driven where we're going as a brand. Yep. Um, and we're picking up more and more global customers. We're in 44 countries around the world. And we're picking up some some big, big customers, Dick's in the US and Rebel in, in Australia and so on and so forth. So the, so the, so the sports multiples. So all of that collectively together just makes us really important and relevant in goalkeeping. And, and we've created, we're category king in this category of goalkeeping glove care. Yep. That didn't really exist before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I love the fact that you're getting into Dick Sporting Goods as well. Uh, obviously, I, me doing this show and obviously being attached to Wrexham, the American market and the reception that goalkeepers have in America just hits differently. Like, they're so much more positive about goalkeeping. Uh, they they applaud them instead of boo them. It's like a really it's, it's a celebrated position out in America. So if I find it amazing, obviously, to, to go and to get into Dick Sporting Goods is massive. Yeah, we I mean, we've been in the US for 10 plus years. Really, really important market for us. And you're absolutely right. I'll tell you a story. So I go, so every year there's a United Soccer Coaches Convention in the US. It moves around various cities in the yeah. US. And there's anywhere between six, seven, eight thousand coaches that go there. And here's the, here's the real important difference that I always see, and you've just hit on it. These are coaches from around the US that go to somewhere for five, six days to learn. The absolute, all they want to do is educate themselves to be better yeah. coaches in and around soccer. That's all they want to do. Yeah, there's a few beers on the side and a bit of banter, but fundamentally they are there to learn. And you look at the mentality here, and I'm not sure whether we have that same mentality. Yeah. I don't know whether it's because, hey, it's Premier League and football was born here and all that sort of stuff. Bit of elitism. Maybe. But you're right. So what it means is you've got all these really educated coaches that are actually earning a bloody good living as well. Um, and they're respected in everything that they do. So even as a goalkeeper coach yep. and as a goalkeeper their standing yeah. is arguably, I want to say higher, it's probably the wrong word, but than it is here. So yeah. I, th I think you're right. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a weird one, but it's, it is massively inspiring yeah. when you I, go I, over there. I, I find, like I said, uh, the reception I've had in America towards goalkeeping and you make a save out there and it's like it, the routine saves that we would say in England, out there they are celebrated as if it's like, unbelievable but I don't know if it's just their positive mentality also compared to like we're quite defeatism and negative around goalkeepers Maybe. we are the villains of football in England because I've said it before on here a lot of times but like no one goes to a, a game to watch nil nil and both goalkeepers have a great game so we're kind of the villains in football and in America I think that that's the they flip that because it's quite a nice position and they celebrate the goalkeepers and maybe and this is a, maybe this is a really weird thing to say but maybe they're actually better educated in terms of yeah. the reality of the of the game, of yep. the sport. I don't know. Yeah, it's a difficult one. Uh, I want to go back into the glove care then, right? So how did you, what made you start glove care? Okay, so a friend of mine called Glenn Robinson, Glenn Robinson, and uh, he, back in 2011, I helped him launch Responsible onto the marketplace. And if, you, if, if you're a goalkeeper, you may well remember this was a ball with bumps, basically, yeah. back in the day. Bobbled all around. Bobbled all around, great for reactions and so on. And we had both just driven to Just Keepers. Again, most of your listeners, I'm sure, will will know Just Keepers. And I'd introduced him to them and his product, and they just listed his product. And we were driving back, and 
we were just throwing around all these ideas in and around goalkeeping. What could you do with goalkeeping? And it was, we were talking about training products and all sorts of things. And I can tell you, it, people talk about sliding doors moments and um, light bulb moments. And actually, it happened to me. I can tell you where I was. There's a place called Wick Hill. It was between Stowe in the World and, and uh, uh, Burford. I was at the bottom of Wick Hill. And I just turned to Glenn and I went, I think I've got it. And he's like, got what? I said, well, everybody talks about, you know, if you spend 200 quid on a pair of goalkeeping gloves, they're super, super grippy, but they don't last very long because the nature of the beast is they're grippy because one of the reasons is the latex is soft. Yep. If you spend 10 quid on a pair of gloves, the latex isn't grippy at all because it's super hard, yep. but they last a long time. Yep. I just said, imagine if there was a product, something that you could apply to your gloves. It doesn't matter whether they're 10 quid, 50 quid, 100 quid, whatever, to make them grippy. Yep. And that was it. And that was, that was the seed. Yeah. And it, it, it grew from there, really. So um, I had a chemist friend who helped develop the formula to my brief. And at the time, as I said, I was working with all sports. I was working with a lot of pro keepers. So I was able to throw samples at who was around then, Hugo Lloris and Pepe Reina and UC Escaline and then these guys. Um, so they were testing it at pro level. Glenn was a goalkeeping coach, so he yep. was testing it at amateur level, if you like. And yep. we were chucking it at a few players. Took us about eight months to get the formula right. Fantastic. This thing works. This is brilliant. We've, we've got the grip right. This is, this is perfect. One huge problem. Highly flammable. <laughs> oh, no, this isn't, this isn't going to work. We, we can't ship this globally. So it took another seven, eight months then to finally get the formula to a point where it's water-based, yep. so really latex-friendly, and has got, if you like, the grippy stuff inside it. So that was so we launched in 2012. And then by 2013, the the obvious move was to look at looking after your gloves yep. more generally. And we launched this sort of wash, refresh, revive concept. Wash your gloves, refresh them, stop them smelling, revive them. Improve the grip, and yeah. that, and and since then, the whole we we've developed more and more products in and around glove care to get us to where we are today. Yeah, obviously, uh, we've all seen like the memes over the years of goalkeepers putting glue on their gloves, like and obviously making them more tacky and that. But obviously, the the spray that you have developed is a kind of glue. It it makes your gloves more tacky, doesn't it? It does. The whole principle is what we want to try and do is take your gloves back to, um the grippiness that they had out of the packet. Yep. So you know when you get, and your, your listeners will know this, so when you get a new pair of gloves and you just pull them apart and the latex just kind of grips. It's like delicately It's that really nice, exactly. And it's not, it's not, you know, really solidly. It's just that lovely, that's what we're trying to get to. Yeah. The higher up the price points you go, the easiest is to get that. Yeah. But what's really interesting is, as I said, when, 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 you, when you're down at 10, 15, 20 quid, they don't do that when they come out of no, the packet. No, of course they don't, no. But maybe you can get them closer to that. Yeah. Um, so there's a, that, 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 that's where we're coming from. Yeah. What's happened over the years is, yes, people use them on new gloves, but, of course, inevitably your latex wears out. Yes. It doesn't matter how good your gloves are. But you love those gloves. The integrity of the glove is fine. It's just the palm is worn. Yep. Or slightly dry. Or, or slightly dry, whatever it is. So that's where glove glue really comes into its own. Yep because you can effectively revive the palms yep. there and still use and play and train in those 
gloves that you that you love yeah. because you are getting them closer to what they were originally when they came out in the past. It's also a great a tool for all parents because obviously the, the price of gloves is going up. Obviously inflation is hitting everyone quite hard, but to have a product that can enhance your gloves for longer periods instead of having to replace them more frequently... I mean, we were just talking off air about how often uh, elite goalkeepers change their gloves, and it is weekly, if not daily now. And the the further down the pyramid of football you go, the more and more you're trying to make your gloves last. And even someone like myself, I don't get through a lot of gloves anymore. I don't need to because I can I can keep one pair of match gloves for as long as I need them to keep for like six, seven, eight games I've worn gloves for. And it, yeah. does, it doesn't bother me. As long as I'm happy in them, I'm confident in them, it doesn't really matter about the latex anymore because... Latex has got to a point at elite gloves now where it's much of a muchness. It can deteriorate a bit, but as long as you look after your gloves, they're good to go. And I think that's, that's the key, that is the key point. Look after your gloves to make them last longer and perform better. Yeah. How often do we see keepers, they finish their session, they take the gloves off, they chuck them in the bottom of the kit bag, and a week later, they pull out said gloves that are the tools of their trade that make potentially make a difference between a save and not making the save. Yep. Don't look after them. They stink, they're dirty, and therefore if they're, di- if they're dirty, the latex is not going to perform as it should do. Yep. And you sort of think, and you've just spent, I don't know, maybe you spent 100 quid on these gloves. They're not going to last. They're yep. not going to perform to the £100 level that they should be performing at. So yeah, and there's then, a massive educational play yep. for keepers of any level just look after the damn thing. Just make sure you wash them regularly. Get all the dirt and the grit and everything out of the latex because it's not going to help if you've got if you got crap inside. Yeah, it's one of my pet peeves of people coming out to train with dirty gloves. Uh, it just looks unprofessional as well. But even like as a goalkeeper of 20 years now, like I can see they're not going to perform well enough, those gloves. They're not going to perform to the level that they should. And like people come out with dirty boots or dirty gloves. It's, it don't matter what level you play at. It's unprofessional. We we spent it's really interesting. We spent so um, we did a lot of stuff with Roy Carroll uh, back in 2019, 2020. Came on board as global brand ambassador, and Roy and I did a lot of Zoom calls to academies during COVID. Um, everybody was on the Zoom. You know what else do we do? The clubs were trying to you know uh, keep their academy players engaged. Couldn't train, or if they were training, they were training at home. So collectively got academies, 16, 17-year-olds in to teach them, to educate them about glove care. Yeah. Why? Well, because our view was if you want to be a professional, you might be really, really lucky and you might get 50, 100 pairs free. The reality is probably you, you won't. You and therefore yeah. probably you need to look after your gloves and your boots because yeah. they're the tools of your trade. So how do you do that? Why should you do that? You've just talked about it. There's nothing worse at any level, but particularly at your level, if you're walking on a pitch with dirty gloves and boots, it just completely gives the wrong image. 100%. So you've got these 16, 17-year-olds in the academies that need that education. They're getting it in lots of other aspects of of the sport, but as keepers, they're not all embracing that, that point that, you know, this kind of outward appearance... If you're looking after yourself and you're looking after your products, and it has a positive effect on the staff around you 100%. as well. Look the part, play the part. Absolutely, I think it's huge in goalkeeping. The one that uh, 
chest up, uh, good posture and like positive mental attitude. You can see it like it reflects into like their defenders and it the, the one that's got the loud voice and like the big white mitts. I think it's just a traditional thing that big white gloves, everyone just thinks the hands look bigger. It's a perception. And I think having clean boots and clean gloves is that perception. It's like, yeah, he's, he's ready for today. I was talking to a scout about it. So scenario A is, so scouts on the side of the pitch, two keepers walk on. One walks on, looking a bit shabby, looking down, dirty gloves, dirty boots. The other one walks on, uh, you know, clean boots, clean gloves, etc., etc. Straight away, it doesn't matter whether goalkeeper A has an absolute cracking session. Straight away. Drawn the eye. The, the scout's looking at probably the other guy because he just looks the part. Yeah. And it's a crazy thing, but it's human nature. Yeah. It is right. Right, I've got a couple of quick fire questions for you anyway. Okay. Before we crack into more about the glove glue stuff. Uh, right, catch or parry? I probably should say catch, shouldn't I? Because, you know, here's a product that helps you catch the ball. I'll go catch. Yeah. Uh, Favourite kit colour? You, so, you must have an old school goalkeeper kit. Well, I'm going to throw this in. So I actually um, did some research last year. And there is, a, there is if, you, if, you, if you Google it, there's some research done in the US with keepers wearing different coloured kits and the impact that had on penalty takers. Yeah. So this was, a, if you like, a controlled experiment. And the most successful colour in that context for a goalkeeper to wear was a red. Red, yeah. A red shirt. Right, okay. So let's go with red. Let's red. say a red, red shirt. Yeah, I'm going to come back to the kit colours because that's a really interesting topic anyway. Uh, right, play out from the back or kick it long. I'm kick it long. I'm 54 years old. Come on, I grew 100%. up. I grew up with the with the with the long ball from the back. Right. Who's your favourite ever goalkeeper? I was when I was uh, seven years old. So imagine this is Liverpool. They were winning, you know, European cups and FA cups yep. and things like that. So I was I was a Liverpool fan. So it, Ray Clements, Clements was was, was my was my keeper back in yeah. back in the 70s. And that Clements Shilton England battle was interesting. It's a battle that we arguably haven't seen. No, true. In England colours, for a long, long time, in terms of two keepers really vying for the for the number one spot, so we'll go Ray Clements. Ray Clements coming for crosses with one hand. Was there you go. Saying to behold, even I, I, I'm old enough to have witnessed it uh, at 37. I just the saying that when he came for a cross and he just stuck one big mitt out and he just it just stuck. We weren't even a mitt; it was bare hand. Yeah, it would just stick. It's like that looked incredible in the it, eye. It did. Right, who's the best keeper in the world right now then? Oh, no, that's a real tough one, isn't it? I So I, I, I'll admit to you, I am not a huge football fan in terms of watching lots of football. You know, I mean, you're absorbed in it day to day. The football that I watch, the most football I watch is Arsenal. My youngest son is a big gooner. Yep. Um, his granddad grew up around Highbury as it was at the time. Um, and I was a big, big fan of Aaron Ramsdale. Yep. You know, I'd go to the Emirates and see this keeper at the back who clearly had great connection with his teammates, um, vocally really, really strong, yep. um, had a presence. Presence is a and was a, was, thing, a, was right? a real, for me, it was, it was a shock for him, for Rhea to come in because I felt that Ramsdale had really brought something special to that team. Yep. So even though we're not seeing him at the moment, it's probably wrong to put him as the best keeper in the world but I would I would certainly rate him yep just bags of character as well like he oozes it and it's, it's the communication piece is yeah. 
is yeah. critical, and I and I just feel that he's really really strong in that yeah. department. He's, he's kind of an, uh, an old school goalkeeper, but with the modern playing out from the back mentality as well. Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm a massive fan as exactly. well. Exactly. Uh, right, just go back in into the kits for now, right? Right. Uh, well, actually, no, I'm going to finish on my last quickfire question. I always finish on. Uh, it's the last minute of a game, Paul. You can either go up and score the winning goal, or you can save the penalty to win the game. I'm going to go up and score all day long. It has to be all day long. I'm going to I'm going to have a st- to I'm going to have a stand named after me, aren't yeah. I? If I go up and score in the in the last minute, imagine the after dinner speeches you're doing for the rest of your life. Hundred <laughs> percent. Talking about your goal. That's nobody it. remembers the sadly. Nobody remembers the save. No, they, they won't remember do. the goal. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. well, perhaps they do remember yeah, the same, yeah, They might yeah. remember a save from Maybe, last year. They might do. They uh, might uh, do. Yeah, I wanted to go back on the kits then, because I find it a really interesting subject. So, obviously, goalkeeper kits have got really bright lately. Like, the last five, six years have gone to luminous colours, and it's it's to distract the, the striker's eye. It's to, to focus more attention on seeing the goalkeeper making him look bigger. But then, on the flip side to that, I, I would say that it makes you more... Aw- makes a striker more aware of where you're standing and it's easier to actually slot the ball past you in a one-on-one or at the corner of their eye they know where you are where if you blend into the background with a dull color like a gray or a black or a goalkeeper green yeah I, I find that you, you you kind of they don't know where you are and you're more likely to make saves because they're not looking for you we actually so martin brennan uh, and myself did a whole piece on this and we debated and talked about goalkeeper kits and we came up with with some really interesting conclusions. So, okay, so imagine this. Imagine the scenario that your kit is actually a, a montage of faces from the crowd. So yeah. actually it's like a camouflage yeah, kit. Yeah. So you, dis, you you kind of fade into the into the back of the goal. Does that work? I don't know. Yeah. Um, Martin threw in a bit of a Everton left. tried that with a camouflage kit once. I remember Tim Howard wearing a proper they camouflage did. kit. They did. Yeah, it wasn't quite crowd camouflage, but it was kind of... Then we then of course you throw in a left field one and go okay see through kit that would be a big distraction for for, uh, for for any striker don't know whether you'd get away with that one but yeah as I said there is research out there yeah and why couldn't there shouldn't there be more research because you buy we all buy into the story but it's the brand story it's the brand saying ah we've launched a bright fluorescent yellow green <laughs> whatever kit because of X Y what Z. sells best we're telling the story yeah. But there's actually no empirical research behind it. You know, we had to say it's the same with gloves. You know, you've got certain keepers that only will wear certain pairs of gloves. You've got others that are convinced if they wear a bright, flashy, fluo pair of gloves, it's a distraction technique and it and it helps them. Yeah. From my viewers, and, and you'll subscribe to this, if, if the kit colour gives you an additional 1%, confidence feel good as a keeper then that's a great kit 100 percent. that's a great kit if you're walking out slightly embarrassed because it's whatever colors you don't like a bright pink with you and i look a bit of a whatever it's not a great place to start is yeah, it what amazes me is that clubs don't actually speak to their goalkeepers ever about their kit correct. going forward correct I, I find this quite amazing that alison becker that could say I, I prefer wearing a black kit but liverpool will choose to put him in a yellow kit and you're like why would you not just let your goalkeeper choose his own equipment? It's like telling him what boots and gloves he has to wear. But I think we know the reasons why, because they're commercial reasons, commercial reasons, and the reality is that goalkeeper kits don't sell. Don't sell, yeah. Or if they sell, they, say they sell nowhere near in the numbers that outfield kits. So you've got all the clubs, and I've been in many of those conversations over the years, talking to clubs about kit colours and so on. They are completely focused on home shirt, yep. away, 
maybe a third strip because they can get a bit more out of the fans. You're right. There's never a conversation about with the goalkeeper. Never a conversation. But the, but because they're not selling anyway, is there not more of a an emphasis to then say, well, just let our goalies pick them because they don't sell regardless. I agree. I agree. And like that's what I find it. I, I've, my whole career, I've always tried to say, what's next year's kit? What's next year's kit? What are we going to wear? And they're like, oh, commercials chose that four months ago. And you're like, no one told me. Like, no one's ever come to the goalkeeper. And like, this has been my whole career. But at other clubs, I know this has happened. No goalkeeper's ever been consulted about goalkeeper kits. Which yeah. is crazy. I mean, we, we um, so one of our goalkeepers, Lily Williams, Australian goalkeeper, she, we talked to her probably six, eight, nine months before uh, Women's World Cup last year. Sadly, um, she didn't play in the end. She, she, she was number two. But we talked to her, A, about what the Australian kit was going to be yep. in the tournament because she knew. Yep. B, what the ASICs boots that she was going to wear to were going to be because she knew. So, yeah, so we developed a glove that completely embraced the ASICs glove and the Australian kit because she wanted to feel a million dollars. She wanted to go out there and think, okay, this is, this all works. This works, yeah. This but, all works. Yep. So we spent that time, and this was this was related to clubs. We 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 spent the time doing that, and it had a real, real positive mental impact on her. But it, it, that very, very rarely happened. Yeah. No. All right. Uh, let's go into your gloves then. Uh, obviously, you've gone from glove care into the glove world. Then, what made you want to start competing with so many other gloves that are out there? Stayed away from it for a long, long time. There are a gazillion glove brands out there, as you well know. Uh, you know, within goalkeeping glove care, this is a category we've created that we're driving forward, that we're innovative, that yep. we can really own in inverted commas. Gloves, really, really difficult to do that. The reason we went act into it actually was f coming back from our customers. So, you know, we have this fantastic global customer base, yep. goalkeeper specialists, soccer specialists, who were basically saying, look, your brand resonates really strongly now. Your brand carries alongside a Nike, an Addy, a, a Royce, and Allsport, and so on. There's no reason why we couldn't carry a glove range from you yep. if you were to develop a yep. glove range. Yeah. So that was the first impetus. That was, okay, that's really interesting. Our customers are wanting this product. The second thing was, if we were going to go into goalkeeping gloves, we had to do something completely different. We had to just tell a different story, even if the gloves were complete marmite and people either loved them or hated yep. them. So the launch was based around this skin range of gloves, so a kind of a bare skin, a dry skin, a wet skin, where bare skin, no grip, wet skin, a traditional latex glove. And the dry skin was basically the world's first silicon palm goalkeeper glove. Yep. Fantastic in dry conditions, absolutely appalling in wet conditions, but that's fine. We told the consumers yep. that's, what, that's, your that's what the glove is. And it became, it became a talking point. Silic why silicon? American footballers uh, have silicon palms. Yep. You see some of these insane one-handed catches that yep. these guys are pulling off. Odell Beckham Jr. All of the sky. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, why can't that work in goalkeeping? And it does work in goalkeeping in a dry environment. Yep. So we, we, we had a story to tell, which was something completely different, which we knew wasn't necessarily the most commercial um, glove in terms of gloves range in yep. terms of getting volume but it was a story to tell and we had customers that were saying look if you bring out a glove range we'll support you so we've been lucky enough that you know all of the all of the retailers that your your um, 
listeners will buy from. So soccer.com or ProDirect or just yep. keepers or Unisport or Keepersport, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on. They all stock our goalkeeping gloves. Yep. So we, I like to think we've kind of snuck around the back yep. of the incumbent glove brands through the success that we've had in glove care. It's given us a route into goalkeeping gloves. Yep. If we'd have tried to come into the market just with goalkeeping gloves, it would have been blimmin' tough. Yeah, really tough. And we wouldn't have the anywhere near the business that we have today. And it's still only about four last year it was fourteen percent of our global revenues with goalkeeping gloves. Yeah. So again it's relatively small beer yep. for us. So yeah, I wanted to talk to you about the silicon gloves because I find it an interesting concept because obviously we get our pitches watered, the con- weather conditions in the UK change all the time. So was you finding originally that goalkeepers would be like warming up in the glove and going, fantastic, as soon as it started raining, they would then go, I haven't got a spare pair of gloves or were you getting feedback like this or they'd water the pitch just before kickoff and then you'd go out and it's a total different concept. Yeah, I think at your level, at pro level, no interest, yep. for obvious reasons. Um, our global footprint has a, has, a, has, a, has a big impact. So, you know, we're a wet weather market here in the UK. Yes. If you take Australia, for example... It's not a. It's 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 more of a dry weather. So the success that we've had with dry skin has been very much related to the country that Warmer we're climates. selling it in. Also, those markets that have a big five-a-side right. play, um, where somebody wants to wear gloves, five-a-side pitches don't tend to be watered. They tend to be pretty dry. Yep. So that's pretty good. So that that the small-sided game we've seen take up with dry yeah. skin gloves, and. Yeah, again, at an amateur level, 4G. If you're playing on, if you're training and playing on a 4G, yeah, sometimes they get watered, but often they've got sand on them, and again, they're quite dry. So, it's one of the reasons why, as I said, it was never going to be a huge, huge volume seller yeah. because of those reasons. But it's great to get people talking about. Have you seen this silicon palm glove? Who is it? Glove glue didn't know they do gloves. Oh, they do gloves today. That's quite point, interesting. Yeah. What other gloves do they do? So yeah. it's an in into the to the brand. Yep. Yeah, it's a great talking point. It's obviously a great topic of discussion and, like you said, bringing awareness to your gloves and they then would look at other ranges that you do. And it's clever. It's clever marketing, really. It's it's the same with uh, Voss, the, the, the no-grip. Yep. And it's it's made people talk about their gloves because everyone's talking about the pair of gloves that has no grip at all. Exactly. And it, it's just a, it's a marketing ploy to get you interested in a brand. But obviously the silicon gloves, there's great scientific research behind it. Silicon gloves are great. It's work, you know. We we um, I think Lee was a bit upset with me because we, we, our bearskin gloves is, is is a no grip glove. Yep. Yes, they launched it into the marketplace like lots of people launch latex gloves, yep. and we have a bearskin glove out there, and yep. it's a neoprene palm, and it and it does a job. His market is a B two C market. Our market is predominantly B two B wholesale, and therefore, you know, there was there's, there's plenty of space in the marketplace yeah. for for lots of different um, gloves. But again, it's a, it's a talking point, isn't it? Can we get into the the, the the research that goes into gloves and like obviously the can you without giving away any secrets? But I'd love to know the step by step of how a goalkeeper glove is made. Yeah. So first and foremost, um, so we are, we try and tie our glove technologies back into our glove palm technologies back into our core products. Yeah. So we have different levels of palm, different levels of latex relating back to um, our core product. So. Mega Grip, Glove Glue Mega Grip is our stickiest, grippiest spray. Spray, yeah. So therefore, Glove Glue Mega Grip Palm is our grippiest palm. You then move down to Glove Glue Original and so on and so forth. So the starting point is, first and foremost, looking at 
what we're going to do in terms of price points. Yep. And then engineering it back, we then work with the designer from a design point of view. We then know what price points we want to hit. We know, therefore, what technology we can and cannot put into that glove, what latex, what level of latex we can and cannot put into that yep. glove. Latex, we're pretty confident about that. We've got a great supply. We've got a great glove factory. So, you know, we recognize that as a brand in goalkeeping gloves, we're not the innovators that a Roish or an Allsport may be. Yep. And I've been I've been inside that. I've been inside international product development meetings with an Allsport and I've looked at the time and effort and energy and expense that it takes to develop a super grip palm, yep. for example. And the and the and the, the volume of gloves that you need to be producing to for the latex manufacturer to even sell you said super grip yep. palm. So the reality is if you then drop down from a, to a price point and look at the gloves that are in the market where we are, 60, 70, 80 pounds, the vast majority of the palms are are not dissimilar. Yep. So, of course, we're going to say we've got the super grippiest palm, but the reality is we're all, we're, we're all quite similar. So then, you, then what else impacts the customer? What else makes your customer buy the glove? Cut, of course, is... Really, really important. Yes. So again, I go back to the um, to two thousand eight, two thousand nine. You know, roll finger in the UK was a really, really big UK topic. Yes. You look at where we are now; it's it, it's less so. Predominantly driven by the fact that even back in oh nine, ten, you know, sixty percent of the European keepers were then were wearing negative cut. Yeah, negative. So we were just this little island that had this roll finger um, thing going on. As those European keepers have come into the Premier League and have started wearing negative, negative as a, as a cut has, has grown, so therefore you're looking at your range, you're looking at, okay, what cut do we have? Do we need a negative 100%? Do we need a roll finger? Quite UK-specific, little bit of US action there. Yep. So it depends where your strength in the market is. Do we need some sort of hybrid cut? Yeah, nice story to tell. Lots of people playing around with cuts and different hybrid cuts and combinations of a, of a, of a negative or yep. a roll or whatever it may be. So, okay, that kind of works. So you've got... So we're looking at design, we're looking at we're looking at cut. Then we're looking at there are certain markets where finger protection yep. is really important. So the US is a huge, huge finger protection yep. market. So okay, you want finger protection. Is it fixed? Is it removable? <laughs> what price point do you really want to target for that? Yep. So you're starting so you're starting to formulate a range and you're then starting to think about the price points that you want these gloves to be at because the price point is going to dictate the material inside that product. Of course, yes. So if you want to hit an aggressive price point, you need to have a, a cheaper material in around that glove. It can't have as many yeah. whistles and bells. So yeah. what whistles and bells can it have? Should it have? And then you start embracing trends. So the big trend over the last five, six years has been the strapless, strapless glove. Gloves, yeah. So do you go fully strapless? Does it come, do you come with a removable strap? You know, where do you go? What direction do you go in? Um, so there's a whole piece around that. Do you go traditional? Do you go kind of modern? Yeah. What's the, what's, what's, what's the, you know, what's the direction? But you also want your brand to be more eye-catching or set aside from the rest of that whole market. You need to be a little bit more specific and focus on one area. Which then is all about your brand voice. And, you know, we, so... Back, we launched gloves three years ago. And at the time, coming out of COVID, at the time, rightly or wrongly, my perception was that 
I wasn't sure whether Glove Glue as a brand was right to have on goalkeeping gloves. So we launched as GG Lab, actually, yes. powered by Glove Glue. Yep. I remember the original GG Lab. Exactly. Space, yeah. So we've come away from GG Lab to Glove Glue Gloves, the yep. branded Glove Glue Gloves. So, so, so yeah, it's all about brand. It's all about brand voice. Where do you want to be? Yeah. But the, I guess the funniest thing about developing and designing goalkeeping gloves, and this will be true for probably every single glove brand out there, you can, it doesn't matter how flashy you are, what colours you introduce, everything that you do in and around a glove. Commercially, still, some of the strongest selling gloves are a blackout, an all black glove, and a white hat, an all black, an all yeah. white glove. Yeah. Every single brand does that, yeah. and every single brand does it because the end consumer still loves, still loves like a really, really clean white glove that you can hardly even see the branding on, maybe. 100%, yeah. Same with the black glove. Yep. So, we, we, to some extent, we always start with that as well and make sure that if we've got a particular design, yep. the first we, work it, we work it through as a blackout and a whiteout, yep. which sounds crazy, but just to make sure that even in that version, it works because commercially, you know those two colours are going to be some of the top-selling colours. The consumers want that. Absolutely. You have to give them what they want. Completely. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. Obviously, uh, is this your new range then? Like yeah, so saying- we launched... We launched this, this, so this is the dark side range, this is the trance glove, so we launched this um, in October yep. last year, this will follow through for, for 2024. So, um, strap, well, removable strap. Yeah, removable strap. See, I, I, I'm old school, I like a strap. So, like, to see gloves without a strap, I still find that even watching goalkeepers play, they're, they're playing with their gloves a lot more than a keeper with a strap. And the strap, the, the strapless thing is a really difficult thing to achieve because... People have people's wrists yeah. widths are vastly varied compared to their hand size. Yeah. So you could be a size eleven glove with skinny wrists, and you could be a size eleven gloves with fat wrists. Yeah. Um. So to get a really really good fitting strapless glove is hard. Yep. So I, I you know our view is. Whatever we do, they should come with a, re- a removable wrist strap. And you will find that some keepers will put on a strapless glove and it fits literally like a glove. It's perfect. It's Why? Perfect. Because their dimensions, their hand and wrist dimension are perfect for that glove. Yeah. But at the other end of the scale, you'll find those with a skinny wrist that want a strap and those with a fat wrist that find it really, really difficult and probably don't even want to wear a, a strapless glove. They'll yep. go to, a, if you like, a more traditional glove. So it's introduced another element into glove design that as you know and you see some, you know you'll see some products out there on a keeper and you just think that's a really flappy wrist maybe the glove design is really poor it's probably nothing to do with the glove design it's just the fact that this guy is the dimension of his well that's hand our, and wrist. Our, our testament to that so uh i'm a 10 and a half 11 glove i've got skinny wrists so i have to strap like tape around my wrist to, to make them fatter because no goalkeeper gloves well not many goalkeeper gloves fit perfectly to my wrist because I have got really big, wide hands, but narrow wrists. Yeah. So I have to then, that's why I'll tape my wrists, just to make them feel like the strap's on properly. And like, so for me to go into a, a, a strapless glove would just not work Yeah. because it would just be hanging off my wrist. We, we, we solved the problem to some extent with this glove up here yep. with, with, the, with a polyester wrist. Again, never never been done before, yep. which effectively acted like a like a base layer, really. Yeah. So as long as you've got the 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 the, the full 
palm and hand quite tight inside the glove, yep. then the wrist element was as polyester yeah. was also exactly like yeah. a, it was a skin, a skin so it was yeah. very tight so that solved the problem to some extent yeah but again you try and do that and move it towards a more traditional glove yeah and it 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 looks different and people people want to stay quite safe and yeah you know if they're seeing if you like the mega brands bringing out strapless gloves with removal straps and so on that's 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 where they're headed even yeah. if, they, if they can't afford that so yeah I think that's just a, obviously as society and goalkeeping's changing anyway. You like what you know and you know what you like. It's I've always worn a glove with a strap, uh, a roll or a hybrid cut. Uh, actually, to be fair, I wear spines, so I'm one of the minority in the UK that still wear spines in my gloves. I still like finger protection, and it came from my love of Van der Sar, and that was it. Yeah, and he wore it, so if he wore it, it was good enough for me. And I looked up to my idol, and that was it. So. I went away from it for a couple of years and got a couple of fingers broken. I was like, Van der Sar never went away from it. Like, And you, your childhood memories are always within you. So you, you go back to what you know and like. Yeah, and it's, it's perception in the market and education in the market. As you say, it's what you grow up with yeah. and what, what your coaches are telling you. Yeah. There's all sorts of things that influence, particularly in the finger protection, where, what, what glove you end up wearing. And I think there's a perception. there's a perception that most pros... Would never be seen dead in a, yeah. in, in finger safe. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah. And it's not true. No, there are. There, I think it's about three or four Premier League keepers now that wear finger protection. Yeah. So like they, there are goalkeepers that wear them. It's just not as known. Well, it's a hidden technology. So you, as you say, you wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't know. You can, you can, you can blow up a photograph now, and you can see, you can see, the, you can see the cut that they're wearing. You can see what you can see what the glove is. Yep. Which again, a lot of the brands have become more savvy to that back in the day and again i go back to my old sport days you'd have keepers that would be wearing gloves that you could tell were not the inline yeah. model yeah. so the end consumer is going i want to wear the hugo Lloris glove yeah. buying it and realizing actually hang on a minute this has got something different he's got a thumb wrap or something different or there's something oh, that's I, I feel a bit short-changed here i yeah. want to i want i want the i want to be him yeah i want the glove that, that he's wearing so i think a lot of the manufacturers have tried to come away from that approach yep. to try and give the end consumer as near as damn it the same glove yeah, yeah, as, the, as, their, as their lead indoor seeds. Because a lot of brands were making gloves that even, they weren't even their own gloves, they were just branding them up, weren't they? Correct. I know that Jens Lehmann in the past and David De Gea, there's been a lot of goalkeepers famously that have had branded up gloves that were not actually that brand. Well, Casper Schmeichel had, had his KS gloves for for a while, and they were all sport gloves, and he finally signed with all sport. Yes. But he was he's he's one of the most recent examples, and people are going, "What's what's the glove he's wearing?" You yeah. Know? Um, but yeah, it was a precursor to him signing with the brand, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, what's your goalkeeper knowledge like? So this, I've got to admit, this is the part of the uh, <laughs> pod that scares me the most i've, I've n narrowed yours down a bit but made yours a little bit more niche well, instead I, you so. might not you might not agree with this approach so first, first and foremost who's had the lowest score oh, that's a good question i did see that you really stitched selsey up the other day well i didn't stitch selsey up i actually like one of the goalkeepers that selsey didn't know is now just signed for aston villa joe gauchi right so there are goalkeepers, so I. It did give me some did. comfort. I felt okay. There's there's, 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 there's people know. with huge goalkeeping knowledge that are squirming yeah. here. So, I thought I'd take the toss a coin approach here. Really? Yeah. Yeah. 
Right, Because I figure, so how many have you got? Ten? Ten. So it's goalie or no goalie. I've got five MLS goalkeepers for you. Okay, I bought my coin. Yeah, you're yeah, going to I'm going to go. I think I can get six. And then I've got five other founders of coffee companies. Okay, I think I can get six. So I'm just going to go coin toss. One. I think I can get six out of ten with a coin, which could be better than then. my knowledge. Right. Ready with that? Get, yeah, of course, yeah. Okay, if this fine. is the game, how you're going to play it, I'm interested to see this one. If it's never been done before, I it's think it's never been a... done before. Okay. Right. Okay. So number one. Okay. James Pentamis. So heads is it's up to you. Is a keeper. That's... Tails is not. Okay? okay. That's tails. No keeper. He is a goalkeeper. He is uh, this Canadian plays for Portland Timbers. Okay. 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 Goalkeeper. Okay. The right. coin strategy is not working so far. Not yet. Right. Okay. Sergio Costa. That's heads. He's a goalkeeper. He is not a goalkeeper. Him and his brother founded <laughs> Costa, Costa Coffee. Coffee. I did think that, but you yeah. know, I'm, I'm stuck on the... The coin the, technique's not I'm working I'm stuck on the coin technique. This is okay. interesting. Okay. Number three, Zev Siegel. Okay, he's not a goalkeeper. He is not a goalkeeper. Beautiful. Okay. Alongside uh, Jerry Baldwin and Gordon Boker invented Starbucks. Oh, Okay. Right. One out, one out of three. Okay, coins interesting okay. technique. Number four. Yeah, John McCarthy is not a goalkeeper. He is a goalkeeper for the LA Galaxy. I knew that. He actually started the season ahead that. instead of Bond. Yes. Right, number five, Jeffrey Hyman. Uh, and the coin says Jeffrey Hyman is a goalkeeper, but he is not a goalkeeper. He founded Pret in London in 1983. Of course he did. This technique course he did. It's isn't not going working, is it? Too well. Okay. How, well, how many have I ever had? You've had five. Got one correct. Okay. Are you going to stick we're gonna with the coin? Yeah, we're going to be on a, on a winning streak now. Right. Number six, Drake Callender. He's not a goalkeeper. He is a goalkeeper for Inter Miami and okay. the USA. Okay. Okay. Sticking with the coin okay. technique. It's okay. a very interesting technique. Okay. Right, number seven, yep. Alex Bono. Ah, uh, the coin says he is a goalkeeper. And he, he is a Beautiful. goalkeeper. He is a DC United goalkeeper. Okay, we're on a roll now. Right, number eight, Jerry Ford. He's not a goalkeeper. He's not, and he founded Cafe Nero. Beautiful. He's on a roll. Number nine, Max Morgenthaler. He's a goalkeeper. He's not a goalkeeper. <sighs> he invented Nescafe coffee. He invented okay. freeze-dried okay, coffee. Okay, my six out of ten is definitely not happening. Yeah, right. Okay. Last one. Number ten, Andrew Thomas. Uh, that's heads. He is a goalkeeper. He is a goalkeeper for the Seattle Sounders. Okay. I think four out of ten is... Is that bottom of the... Is that worst I ever? I think you might be joint bottom. If you invite me back, I promise... I'll make sure I, that's on the next one. I, I promise I won't use the coin... Technique. It was an interesting I'm not technique. sure whether it would have been any before. better. Well, that's what I figure. Yeah, it's not been done before. I would just come on with the goalie, 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 goalie and then not offend oh, no, anyone. That's, no, that's... And just go... I wonder which would have been most effective. Yeah. Hopefully I'm going to go get... back. When I listen to this, I'm going to go back to see if I'd have gone goalie, 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 that would have got more yeah. than the coin toss. Yeah, I randomised the order of it all and that. But ugh. four out of ten. Yeah, okay. With a coin. Okay. It's, at least you've taken it out of your own hands. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I want to talk to you about uh, what parents and ch children and consumers should look for when they buy their own gloves. Yeah. Because obviously, I think you're probably the most researched in doing this. Of what cut you should look for, uh, what design, what latex, what should 
Joe Bloggs go out and buy? So this is this is going to be based on brand opinion and personal opinion as yes, well. There's going to be lots of listeners that we go, no, no, that's that. No, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. My view would be, um, as a kid, um, and I'm talking, you know, under eight, under nine. I I, I personally think uh, a level of finger protection is is good. It's important. I think it helps. It helps with technique because yeah. you've, you've fundamentally already got your your hands in a set position. In, a, in yeah. a set position, so I think it helps with learning. It clearly helps that their fingers are are young and delicate and have the the ability to be broken or yes. damaged or whatever. So I, I think that's I think that's important. Yes, I, I completely agree, and that's one of the things. Obviously, I've still wear them because of that's what I grew up wearing because of my idols, but. I think for for especially the young generation, it gives them a, an extra layer of protection. It's just peace of mind, even for the parents of like, it might just help them. Like we say, that one percent, it might just stop that sprain, that break. And especially for kids at that age that are in the education system, for them to go and break a couple of fingers on a Saturday playing football and can't pick up a pen for a couple of weeks. It's crucial to their, their their own learning, their own education that they're looked after. Uh, and, I, and I think at that age, not many want to be goalkeepers. Yeah. More often than not, it's oh, come on, Dave, you go and goal, you go, you go and goal, and then they go, go oh, they take swap turns. it around, take turns, and therefore, what do they do? They stand in there, they get cold, they start shivering, swing hand, a leg, at hands it. get cold, um, they let a goal in, they get a lot of grief. It's a really, it's a tough position to be in at your level. Yes. Making a mistake. Yep. If you're five, six, seven years old, the making a mistake, it's really, really, it's really, really tough. So I think anything that you can do to give the keeper, a young keeper, confidence definitely helps. And, and as a quick aside, we have, we, we, we have quite a young audience that buys into Glove Glue. Yeah, and I've seen it so many times where, as I said, it's not cool necessarily to be a goalkeeper. People want to be whoever they want to be—a Messi, Ronaldo, whoever their hero is. They want to be a striker. They want to be scoring goals more often than not. If you got a young keeper walk onto a pitch with a bottle of glove glue, what happens? First and foremost, all their teammates crowd around. Why? What's this? Why? What? Why? What? That's cool. What's that? What's what is that? Why? That's cool. Yeah. Secondly, keeper puts it on on their gloves. Thirdly. They have a bit of confidence. Fourthly, maybe they make a save. Maybe they make a good save. Next week, Dave, you are you. You got your glove glue on, haven't you? Yeah, you are wearing your glove glue. It take it, and it's 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 a, just a completely mental thing, but it takes them from being this quiet goalkeeper who's in goal and a little maybe lacking a bit of confidence and getting colder, to has the ability to give them something to interact with yes. the teammates around yeah. and a bit of banter and all the fun stuff. And that's interesting. And we, of course, we never knew this when we launched, but that's become a really interesting play for us. And as I said, I've seen it play out so many times because it's something different and something cool and something that, guess what? The outfield players can't use it. It's not for them. It's not for them. It's for this Your boy or girl in goal. This, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, Mike's yeah. Magic Water from Space Jam. It, exactly that. It's just uh, Bugs Bunny writes Mike's magic water, gives it to the whole team, and they all raise their game. Correct. It's, it's that little, that's that, like it's that element of sets you apart. 
gives you a bit more confidence. And then, as we're saying, at eight, nine years old, you're not expected to catch shots. You're not. You're just expected to get your body behind them. Yeah. But if every now and then a product or a glove helps you catch that one and you get the plaudits and you then enjoy the plaudits, that's what makes you want to develop more in goalkeeping. Correct. And like yeah. that's what I find so interesting. So uh, even going back to uh, the gloves and that, so you, you recommend obviously the, the finger protection for the younger so age, finger but protection as for you young start one. to develop them more as you get into like 12, 13 year old, I think that's when you then need to find a type of glove and a cut. Yes. Specifically a cut that you find more confident, you're yeah. confident in. Because you're developing in your own body and you want a glove to reflect that of how how you keep goal. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's cut. Maybe it's maybe it's brand. I mean, if you if if you look at the if you use a shoe analogy, um, and let's take two brands. Let's take Nike and Adidas. The, the fit of those two brands is is different. Yes, you might prefer you might prefer one or the other. You might be an eight and a half in one, and you're an eight in the other, or or, or a nine. Yeah. So I think once you've found your lane, I think that's that's quite important yep. as well. As long as said brand continues to produce the product that you want to buy. Yep. So it becomes difficult, and I go back to the roll finger scenario. You know, you may have bought a brand six, seven years ago that was producing a roll finger glove and you loved it and it was great and the fit was good and you were an eight and a half or an eight or yep. whatever, whatever your size was. The likelihood is now maybe that brand doesn't offer that glove. Of course, yeah. And then then it becomes then it becomes harder. Yeah. But, but, but I think I think get to twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Try the try the try. You've got to try the different fits. You've got to know what feels yep. right because it then it, it really is personal preference. Yeah, of course. And obviously there there is such a large market out there of different types of cuts and like we're saying about the strapless and it is just a personal preference. You've got to start to develop that as you develop in your own body, as we're saying. But like as you get older, you'll find what you like and just go in for the glove that you like and then you can then play with obviously you as a brand, but you can play with brands and you can find the brand that suits you and your personality and also like the latex is slightly different for every glove. Or how you look, how they how they wear, or how you look after them, and obviously with glove glue, you offer so much more than just a glove. You offer the surrounding features that help you maintain and get the best out of your gloves. So, like having a brand like that, and it's a huge selling point for yourself. Sure, I think the glove. Yeah, it, it is. I think the going back to the sort of education and how do you choose a glove. I think one of the elements that is misunderstood is the fact that if you don't have great technique, it's probably not a great idea to spend silly money on a pair of goalkeeping gloves because probably you're going to do basic things like you're going to push off the ground with, with your palms, yes, not your knuckles, yes. for example. <laughs> if you've got an expensive glove, it's going to have soft latex. You're going to damage that latex instantly, really, really quickly. Yeah. Really quickly. Yeah. And I can see that time and time again. You've got retailers who get very frustrated with this, that someone for, you know, there's a 12-year-old kid yeah. and mum spent 200 quid on a pair of goalkeeping gloves and within the first week they're writing back to a brand or retailer saying, hang on a minute, these, these gloves, are they're meant to be the best on the market. Surely yeah. this isn't right. Well, it's actually, it is right. So there's a, there's a huge piece around there. So my, my advice would be don't, don't, 
if you're still developing your technique at a young age, whatever yep. that means, yep. or at any age, yep. don't waste your money. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. It's so important. And having your YouTube channel, having a podcast to listen to, having there's so much more out there now to educate people. And it's so important that consumers, parents, whoever's buying the gloves, educate themselves about why they should be buying those gloves and what they're going to do for that goalkeeper and that individual. It is. And it's really simple. The more expensive the glove, the softer the latex. Yep. The less it's going to last. The cheaper the glove, the longer it's going to last. The harder the latex, the less grip. It's as simple as that. Yep. Decide where you want to be on that sliding scale. Decide what you can afford yep. on that sliding scale. Decide how good you are as a keeper on that sliding scale. Yep. Find your lane. Find your price point. Find your cut. Find maybe your preferred brand. Find your size. Yep. And then, then hopefully you'll end up with the product that is right for you. For you. Yeah, 100%. Right, I want to go into the glove care then, right? How do you recommend a goalkeeper from unboxing a pair of your gloves uh, looks after their gloves to keep them at their optimum? Because everyone's opinion, professionals, amateurs, they're all different. It's just personal preference, obviously. It is. So I've unboxed my gloves. There are two schools of thought here. One is I immediately wash the glove. Yep. There could be some detritus in there. There could be something. There could be something from the manufacturing process. Um, there's a, there's this urban myth that uh, I wash my gloves to activate my latex. Well, no. I mean, it's coming out the factory as a latex. There's no magical ingredient. You don't add water yeah. to activate. A latex. Yep. It's already activated. Yeah. It's already super grippy. Yeah. It's 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 good it's to go. It's the product it should be. It's it's a product it should be. So, I think that is down to personal preference. Uh, does it do any harm washing them? No. So okay, if you think the right thing to do um, is to wash your gloves. Again, do I wash them just with water, or do I wash them with a soapy water? Do I wash them with a proper glove wash? The recommendation would be there's lots of brands out there, including ourselves, that, that carry a glove wash. Yep. Um, the clue's in the name. It's a glove wash. The wash is developed and designed for goalkeeping gloves. Fairy liquid is designed to clean something. It'll do a job, but maybe it's not the right product. Yeah. A bar of soap maybe isn't the right product. So by all means, wash it with warm water yep. to get out some of the... Some of the stuff, if there is anything, there which is. sometimes there is, invariably there's not, yep. or wash it with a glove wash. Yeah. Okay, I've wa let's say I've gone down the wash route. I've gone down the wash route. I need to dry these things. How do I dry the things? You've got to let them dry naturally. Do not put them in the sunlight, because guess what? The sun's going to dry out your latex, your latex is going to crap, and your gloves are going to be done. Yeah. Don't dry them on a radiator, because guess what? They're going to dry out too quickly, and it's not going to work. So <laughs> let them dry naturally away from sunlight yep. to give them a fighting chance. Great. Okay, good. I've got my new gloves. Maybe I haven't, haven't washed I've washed them. Okay, yep. I've dried them. Okay, I'm good to go. I'm on the pitch. Do I then take my water bottle out and spray the palm? Or do I spit on the palm? Mm, yeah, spitting is very much a cultural thing. It's interesting. So I said we're, we're big in the US. The, the spitting on your palms is quite a cultural thing in the US. Um as far as I can see, 
that seems to be the market where spitting on the palms happens the most. Really? Right. Pretty gross, pretty unhygienic. Yeah. Does it do anything? Does it activate the latex? No, it doesn't. I've heard the the reset argument, that that, that mental yes. that mental reset of I've just made a mistake. Okay, I'm going to spit on my palms to reset my mind because that's what I do. Yeah. I get that. Different play, nothing to do with grip. It's just that's a mental reset. So I see something there in, in terms of spitting. I wouldn't spit on my palms. Do I need to put water on my palms? No. As we've said, these palms are brand new. These gloves are brand new. They're great. They've got a great grip. You don't need to do anything. Yeah. Do you want to add an extra bit of grip to them if they're a cheap palm and they don't have the grip? Yeah. There's a product out there. It's called Glove Glue. You can spray some Glove Glue on your palm. It won't do them any harm. It's a water-based product. It's going to keep the latex moist. It's going to give you relevant extra grip. Some people will do that. They'll get a new pair of gloves and they will immediately spray Glove Glue onto those gloves. It doesn't do any harm to do that. You're going to let them dry at the same time and you're going to have a bit of extra grip. Yeah. I'm on pitch. I've had my game, have my training, whatever. I come off. Then what do I do? As we said before, don't take those gloves off and throw them in your kit bag to fester. Yep. Take them off. A lot of people like to go in the shower with shower, them. Yeah. Fine, take them in the shower. Yep. Take them in the shower, wash them off. They're going to be invariably quite damp and muddy and wet anyway. So, you know, maybe you don't even need any any soap. You just need to get rid of the core dirt that's that's on your gloves. Um, my advice would be don't just wash them on in the shower also take them off i've seen keepers great brilliant oh yeah wash my gloves in the shower every 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 week okay then you take them off well, what are they like on the inside oh yeah they're super stinky oh well hey when you're in the shower why don't you at, at the end you wash why don't you them? actually take them off and wash the insides of the gloves as well again yeah. even if you're just running warm water hot water through the <laughs> through the gloves yeah. bacteria the bacteria that produces the odor doesn't like hot water yeah so do that as well that's a little Little to dry them again in the same way that we've just talked about. There are products on the market. We have a product that you can spray inside your gloves to kill the bacteria that produces the odor. It likes warmth and damp, so try not to try and make sure they're not warm and damp, damp when yeah. you dry them. Um, if you want to revive your palms, sure, there's products um, that we have that, that can revive your palms. But I think if you follow those simple steps, and I alluded to it at the, at the top of the pod, for us it's wash, refresh, revive. Yep. Follow the simple steps. Do it regularly. Your gloves will last longer and they will perform better. Yeah. Well, that's great, right? If you're spending decent money on a pair of gloves and they're going to last longer and they're going to perform better, I'm really happy with that. Surely any purchase that you make, you want them to work whatever the purchase is. If it was a, a TV, you want it to last for as long as it can. You want it to work at its best for as long as you can. And if you look after it, it will do those things. And yeah. that's, it, no matter what purchase you make, you're trying to get it to last as long as it can and work as best as it can. Correct. It's, it's no different. The only difference is just recognise that the performance of these gloves will deteriorate 100%. over time. Yeah. Because the, late, the palm is made of latex, which is a natural material, which is going to wear away. Yep. So I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, you can make them last as long as possible or last yep. longer and perform better. But at some point in time, they will have lot, totally lost yes. their grip. Yeah, I, I always tell people, it's about feel. So when you unbox them, feel the latex. Pick up the ball that you're going to play with. Feel the pitch, the conditions, the, the atmosphere. Like, And then, then make a decision whether you're going to wash them and like pre-wash them with water or whatever or... 
like any of the glove care products, like it's a feel thing. Yeah. Feel the ball that you're going to play with. It's That's the most important thing is that when you put a pair of gloves on, the ball that you're going to catch, are your gloves in a condition to catch that ball? If you think that they'll be better off damp or wet or clean, like washed, do it. Like get a feel for what you're doing. That's, yeah. that's the most important thing. Yeah, it's absolutely right. As I said, I'm not, I'm, I probably, if you, if you ask me, would I suggest you wash or don't wash? I would go to, and you'll relate to this, I would go to look at what the pros are doing. They get three pairs of gloves. So in theory, they can have a new pair of gloves for every game, and a lot of them do do that. Yep. Guaranteed, they're not opening those gloves and pre-washing those gloves. Yeah. They're taking them out of the pack because they know yeah. straight out of the pack they're super grippy. That's the best point. I, I, I take them out of the pack, and I, I'll go outside, and before a game or before training, I'll rub them on the ground. And then, like, that's me thinking in my head, I've conditioned these for that surface. Uh, so that's interesting. So that, that's your your activator that's is, my is activator. rubbing them on the ground. Because it's got the, the – it's either wet and yeah. you're, you're wet in your gloves or it's dry and your gloves are – you're going to get a bit of the dirt on them because then – Or it's that, just that, what you do. It's just, it's just what it I gets, do. It's just what I do. mind, like, it, yeah. yeah, switching my gloves on almost, yep. like my reset button. Yeah. Right, uh, I want to go on to uh, the Nationals uh, and your coaching academy now yeah. uh, and obviously working with Martin uh, and obviously the, the 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 global brand that you've created now with the the, the coaching and stuff. Yeah, no, so um, Martin and I worked together. Um, he was an all-sport coach and we tried to do something way, way back, probably 10 years ago. And it was really hard to do that when you're working for a global brand to try and to try and pull all the pieces together if you want to create a global goalkeeping camp. So we revisited it and came together as a partnership, set up a new business and launched Glove Glue Academy. And Glove Glue Academy covers a lot of different areas, really. So first and foremost, it's the it's the weekly coaching that Martin currently delivers. Yep. The bigger play for us was we launched the Nationals three years ago. So this will be the third year coming up this August. And the whole raison d'etre behind the Nationals was let's try and create the best residential goalkeeping camp that we can. Yep. The best experience for the attendees, the best coaches, the best advice, the best information, the best venue. So we started off at Harrow School, great venue, close to Heathrow, close to London, a lot of history, so on and so forth. In, uh, as a weekend event. Did that for two years. So last year we had keepers coming from 14 different nations around the world. Incredible that. We had one keeper that flew in from New Zealand to come to the Nationals goalkeeping camp, which is insane. That is insane. We've moved then this year, we've moved to the Nationals to a new venue, so Halebury School. Again, kind of M25 Hertfordshire, so close to good transport links. Yeah, of course close to London, so on and so forth. Easy for people to fly down, train down, whatever whatever it is. And sounds like a like an like an ad, but due to popular demand, um, we've now extended the national so there are two versions. So there's the week long version. Yep. Which is the end of July, finishes on the fourth of August. Or there's the weekend version, which is the Saturday, the second, third and fourth of August. Yep. Why have we launched a week? Because the demand from the international goalkeepers of course is look if we're coming all the way from wherever 
then actually we want a week's intensive yeah. training. We want to learn about goalkeeping technique. We want to learn about diet. We want to learn about fitness. We want to learn about mental health. We want to be surrounded by ex-pro yep. keepers yeah, yeah. and coaches that have been there, seen it, done it. So whether it's a Hans Sagers or whether it's a Martin Brennan um, or whether it's mindset coaches or whoever it is, we want to try and deliver a residential camp that you're going to go away thinking, do you know what, I, A, I've learned to load and B, I've improved and C, there's a load of takeaways that I've got, a lot of homework that I've got to go away and work on. And yeah, the the we're lucky in the fact that we can clearly market that to a global audience through the Glove Glue brand, yep. which is one of the reasons why we're attracting the global audience. But we're also working very hard with UK coaches this year. Martin's working very hard with UK coaches this year, basically saying, look, if you want me to come and deliver a session for you, yep. wherever you are in the country, I'll come and deliver a, a session for you. Yep. Hopefully give the kids something different yep. that you haven't had before. Yep. Maybe as a coach, it helps you. Maybe you're at a level, you need some mentoring, you need some help, you need some assistance, whatever it is. Yep. And, and maybe some of those kids see the nationals and go, do you know, actually, I wouldn't mind going along to that. Yeah. And that's re working really, really well, actually, in yeah. terms of um, working with those coaches to to push kids towards the nationals. 29 years ago, uh, I went on a your sport goalkeeping coach course. Right. A one-week course. Okay. I, I was eight years old. Wow. And I'd only, like, had my dad train me in the back garden and down the park. And then the the chance to go to a your sport goalkeeping court, I think it was in Kiel University. It was a long time ago. And honestly, the improvement I made from that one week intensive course, apparently like when I came back, my, like everyone could just tell that I was now a goalkeeper. I transformed from being a, a someone that could play centre back or in goal to like, no, you're a goalie now. Like I'd learned all the fundamentals and the disciplines. And obviously it being such an intensive week of training two or three times a day, doing the educational side of it, and it all just apparently come together. I don't even really remember it, but like from the way that my dad tells it, and even I got scouted within six months of that and I signed for Arsenal within six months of that. And obviously it's a testament to how important these sort of academies and intensive courses are that... They do produce so much success. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're age 8 to 18 and you'll have keepers of different standards, different abilities that will be put in the appropriate groups. Yeah. And you will have keepers at any age that potentially will will experience what you've just experienced. Yep. You'll have some that will go there and they've had a fun week and that's great. You'll yeah, have others yeah. that will go there and be completely motivated. We, got, um, we had 13 come over from the US last year, for example, of which those 13 went back then to college um college tryouts so all going back going hey i've just had a, for them it was actually they had a week because we added on a little bit more for them yeah i've just had a week in the uk intensive coaching i'm coming back i'm buzzing they all they all then excelled in yep. their college programs yep. because guess what the other the other guys and girls that they were competing against hadn't had that experience yep. hadn't had that level of of coaching you know we're really lucky here that you know home of the premier league and therefore attracting an international audience becomes easier because you know their perception is that we do it best here great well we'll okay well we'll present you with ex premier league players and coaches and, yep. and we'll 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 try and coach you and teach you in the way that 
you know keepers in this in this country have traditionally been been taught and i think that resonates yep. as well yep uh, and uh, leading into that i, I want to talk to you a, bit, a little bit about social media and how the goalkeeping influencers have uh, kind of changed the way that brands are even looking at goalkeepers now and Obviously, the, the audience that a professional goalkeeper has is nowhere near the level of a, a goalkeeping influencer. And obviously, we spoke before off air about brands are now attaching themselves more to influencers than they are professional goalkeepers. And how do you see this space changing? It's absolutely fascinating. Yeah, so I've been in the situation where, um, you know, I've been involved with big deals, with big keepers. Yeah. You know, keepers, Premier League keepers getting 250, 300, 350,000 euros. Yeah. A year, yeah. Plus some other bits and bobs, plus your free product and so on and so forth. And I've been involved with keepers like that that have zero social media presence. Yep. And you look at it from a brand perspective, and you go, "There is no way I'm going to get a return on this investment." But hey, everybody else is doing this, doing this, doing yeah. this athlete thing, so maybe we should do it. Yep. You roll forward to today, and I think the whole, the whole athlete endorsement program versus influencer program is really being really being challenged and i go back to the point that you know as glove glue as a brand we could go and sign a premier league keeper tomorrow yep great on one hand from a presence point of view yes Maybe they're an Aaron Ramsdale, and suddenly they're not number one, and suddenly it's it's somebody else, and actually you're not getting the exposure yep. that you want to get. You can still say we've got the Arsenal goalkeeper, of course, but maybe you're not getting the, as I say, the exposure that you want. Um, I'm probably I probably as a as a as an end consumer, as a Gen A, Gen Z, Gen X even, <laughs> can't relate to the keeper because they're not telling me what they had for breakfast, and they've just taken the dog for a walk, and all these things, all these real things. Yep. So they're on a pedestal. Yep. I probably can't interact with them because they're almost certainly not going to respond to any comment or they're not going to follow me or they're not going to like me or there's not there's not going to be anything coming back yep. from said keeper. So I'm going to spend a lot of money as a brand to tick a box. Is that box an historical it, box? If option B is I can sign up for the same amount of money, 5, 10, 15, 20 influencers that give me a way bigger reach, that are real, that are authentic, that are producing a load of content, that are talking about my brand in a, in a real way, that yep. this works. Maybe even this doesn't work. Yes. Fine. I've tried this. This is no good. This, this spray is brilliant. It works better. This, this Whatever it is, they're going to massively um, be engaged in the goalkeeping community and vice versa. The goalkeeping community is going to embrace yeah. them. So much more eyes on it. It's It's just... Yeah, I look at, as I said before, you know, you look at some of the social um, penetration that we've had, you know, TikTok posts hitting 71 million views, okay? It's a huge, huge audience, yeah. right? And they're hitting that on their phone, sitting on their couch or wherever they're consuming this content. Yeah, you could argue that um, globally we could have a goalkeeper in the Premier League that has 71 million people looking at him. But the reality is they're looking at the whole game. They're not looking and they're not looking at what, at what gloves they're wearing. 100%. If it's on your phone right in front of you, you're interacting massively with, with, with that influencer. So what's happening? What's happening is, and not just in our world, but definitely in the world of goalkeeping, the, the, the challenger brands and the bigger brands 
are all recognizing, hey, do you know what? We need a base of influencers here. Mm. And these influencers maybe have only got 10,000 followers are being tapped up by the brands and they're going, well, actually, yeah, I've just talked to X and I've actually Y's contacted me and B's contacted me. So the price is, the price is going up. Yeah. And you've got influencers there that I know are being paid 1500 maybe 2000 a month. And they're following, you look at it and you go, okay, I can't justify that investment in them at this moment in time. Yeah. M- maybe, maybe in the future they will grow and become a big a bigger influencer yep. and have a bigger audience. It's, it's just the potential, though, of what the influencer and the content that they're creating and the eyes that they get on it is what you're buying into. Instead of going for the Premier League goalkeeper who won't post about it, but you can brag about it on your own socials that might not reach as many people because it, it going and spending hundreds of thousands of pounds on a Premier League goalkeeper is for your own bragging rights just to say, we have this goalkeeper, you should also buy this brand. But where it, this is what I find it really interesting now. It's like the influencing world. It's like they're doing the whole ASMR. They're doing like they're they're doing a lot more personal videos about their gloves that a pro wouldn't do for embarrassment yep. of their own teammates. Yeah, or they're not allowed to do it. So it's the controlled aspect of getting a championship or a League One goalkeeper compared to going and getting a, a TikTok influencer but you're getting so much more content and so much more eyes on your product. It's an amazing thing that I, I enjoy watching it as it's evolving. And I think it, it, it is for the better of goalkeeping. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we, we've, we've grown and continue to grow a global brand in the goalkeeping space. Yep. And we don't really have any major pro keepers. Yeah. And traditionally... You'd have said there's there, there's no way you can be credible yeah. in the marketplace if you don't have pro keepers. Now, okay, you could argue that we don't necessarily see ourselves as a goalkeeping glove brand. brand yeah. So maybe if you're a glove brand, then you you perhaps need an athlete. But again, you you might have in the past invested in three, four, five. You're probably investing in one hero, yep. Keeper now, yep. If you look at what what Royce is doing, for example, yep. Um, but it, it is it is changing massively. It's yeah. changing yeah, how we consume content. Is changing how we who we relate Palm to. Your hand, isn't it? It's it, everything's it, in your phone now. So it, it, it really is. So yep. we you know for us then we've got to use we'll we'll dial down and use that medium we'll use social media as a medium as best yep. we can to connect with the global goalkeeping community yeah and as, as i was saying even like yourself you, the, you've done podcasting you've got the academy you've done a lot of youtube work and your social media presence is huge and there's no denying like that's what's incredible is that without having a premier league goalkeeper i know you had michael mcgovern in recent years yep. like without having a, an established Premier League goalkeeper, you've managed to grow the brand out naturally by using social media. And it, that's the way that the world's going now. And it, it, it's a clever marketing tool. We just try to be real. So you look at our TikToks and, you know, it's driven by, listen to that grip. So it's literally, you know, spraying glove glue on your goalkeeping gloves yep. and listening to that grip. Yep. And will it stick? 
So putting anything random, so spraying glove glue on your gloves and randomly will, I don't know, will Mark Howard stick to it? Will a mug stick to it? Will a <laughs> car stick to it? Will a house? Like just silly, silly stuff. Yeah. So we're prepared to, to sort of take the mickey out of ourselves a little bit. Yes. Uh, but end consumers like that because that's just real and genuine. Yeah. You know what? We're not using smoke and mirrors here. But you're also going to say, get more oh, this is amazing. Exactly that. And particularly with Will It Stick, what Will It Stick does is people, it drives comments. Yeah. People go, try peanut butter, try marmite, try yeah, this. And it just incredible. it just creates its own yeah. content that you can respond to, which the algorithms really, really enjoy. Yeah. I think the other thing whilst we're on social, and it's a really interesting point that I think your, your listeners would, would, would enjoy is so, you know, we've grown our audience on TikTok really nicely. TikTok shorts. TikTok are now moving to more long-form yes. content and more live content. Yeah. So we've seen a little bit of a plateau in terms of the aggressive growth that we were seeing in TikTok. Yeah. But conversely, YouTube went from really pushing long-form to pushing shorts. Short form, yeah. So suddenly our YouTube audience went from three or 4,000 to 165, 170,000 in six months because we took the short-form content that we were producing on TikTok and pushed it into YouTube. Yeah. So those there's a, there's a bit of a battle going on yeah, there. there is, yeah, yeah. And that that's right across the board in terms of brands and you've got influencers getting involved and the influencers then going, do we do short form, do we do long form, what do we do? And then because TikTok are rewarding the influencers now with more long form and it, it, it's, a, it's a moving feast. It's, yeah. it's fascinating. Yeah, it's a, it's a great world to be part of. Uh, right, just before we finish, I, I always finish on this, Paul, is uh, what does the goalkeepers union mean to you? So I've, I've we've become members of the goalkeeping union kind of I want to say by default so I'm not a goalkeeper I'm not a footballer I don't have a, I don't have a heritage in that I've had 30 years in sporting goods I've worked with lots of different brands yep. over the years my gateway into the goalkeeping union was through all sports as I said before working with those guys for 10 11 years which got me into relationships with pro keepers which then got me into understanding more about what these guys are like um, are they are they this mad bunch of whatever's that you you know? Oh, you got to be mad to be a goalkeeper. Is that true? Is it not true? Um, and you get to understand actually, no, they're just uh, no. It's a challenging position, but there's lots of challenging positions in lots of different sports. Yeah. Um, are they treated slightly differently? Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah, I think there's still a mentality there that 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 the, that the keepers go and train by themselves, and you know the outfield players go and train by themselves. Is it changing? in terms of the, is the position changing and playing from the back and playing more as part of a team? Yes. So we've I've come into the goalkeeping union, uh, partnering with Martin, who's been in that his whole life, yeah. has opened up my eyes even more uh, at every level. And therefore, I hope we're not an imposter. I hope we're... Uh, I think... I think I'm embraced. I think I'm okay. I think we're in it. I think we're trying You're to be credible. Union, we're trying yeah, to be credible and real. So Anyone that um, understands us is part of the union. Anyone that wants to make goalkeepers or goalkeeping better is a part of the union. No, I think that's right. And I think it fascinates me, the, the mental side in particular is the, is the piece that really, like it's bloody tough, it's right? It's tough, isn't like, it, yeah. I'm a strike. Like, look at okay. Harlan's missed how many opportunities in the and there's a bit of press about it. But he comes back in six five in the back of the net. Whatever, he's fine. Like if a, if a keeper goes on a run like that, 
even if one, even if two, you, you, you're done. You're done. You've, yeah, you're, you're finished. Yep. You're finished. And, and I think that's 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 really challenging and, and and really difficult and kind of not doesn't feel right because you know what's that old saying? You know, um, class is permanent, form is temporary, and it's right. Yes, it is. Yeah. And you're gonna make a mistake. You just get you just get it just gets recognised more because it leads to a, to a notch on the scoreboard for the for the other team invariably. Yeah. Well that's what makes goalkeepers so different though that is that the way that we handle that sort of pressure and also what goes with it with making a mistake and the acceptance almost of I'm going to lose my place. It's 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 a hard world to be in but it's also if you're part of it it's the best because you are different. You're not crazy, you're not stupid, you're not mental, you're just different. You're a goalie. And I get that, and we talked about it briefly. I think there's two two points on that as well that I think are worth just picking up quickly. One is, is that reflected in today's commentary teams? No. So we've then got outfield players that have never been in a position that are commenting about, oh, keeper should have done this, keeper should have done that, who don't understand yes. it. So I think maybe in the way that referees have come on onto commentary teams in the last three, four years... Maybe there's an opportunity for goalkeepers. I think there is. I totally agree. And I think the same. In, and I think the same. Sadly, in clubs, is there's a lot of talented, really super high level keepers that have got a knowledge, a lot of knowledge, to pass on to the next generation of keepers. That are being overlooked. Their value is not being recognised. You know. Yeah. So I think that's a. I think there's a lot of work to be done yeah. in and around those topics. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it's it's hard to say that the the elite ones, where's their motivation to stay in the game when they've had a barrage of abuse for 20 years? It, it's that they almost want to walk away from football, but it's those gem bits of information that they do have that could make someone great. And it's we need to find a way of bridging that gap and making goalkeeping more celebrated. 100%. 100%. What an episode it's been, by the way. Uh, Paul Sherritt of Glove Glue, thank you very much for coming on. I, I thoroughly love talking geeky glove stuff. It's the, the best chat. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, Mark. Absolutely enjoyed it myself. Amazing. This has been the Yours Mine Away podcast with me, Mark Howard. Again, please make sure you go like, follow and subscribe. Thanks a lot, guys. What a save from Mark Howard.